welcome, welcome, welcome to Show Versus Business, your weekly take on pop culture from two very different perspectives. I'm your host, Theo, and on the line, I have the man himself, Mr. Benja. What is up, man? What's up, man? Show Versus Business, you know I love it here. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm I'm, I'm piping. I'm ready to go, man. We're about to get some <laughs> business talk, some strategy talk. So, uh, hey, everyone, thanks for listening. This week, we had an exciting show. Some big news came out of uh, Warner Brothers Discovery this week, and we're going to deep, deep dive on our feature. We'll discuss all about WB and their business model and what they're planning for all your favorite DC shows. Also, we'll dig into crates a little bit, talk a little bit about the importance of WB and some of the, uh, you know, discovery shows that we watched in the past. And last but not least, we'll get into a little bit of the news. So, Mr. Benja, how was your week? Oh, week was good, man. You know, I've got BenjaCon going on. Basically, that time when I sit down, talk to everybody, have some good discussions, and relive those Comic-Con discussions. I think it, it was really fun, man. And the Show versus Business Special Edition is going up soon. So you should be able to look down and see this, that episode right before this one. Good stuff. Classic conversation. We had Jeff and Pete involved, too. So it was great. Man, took us back to the 8-Bit Cupid days, man. When we did the uh, live set there at Comic-Con a couple <laughs> years back. So, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, I was at an event, uh, so I was I participated. But uh, so you remember back in the day, SBI guys and MI, uh, M, uh, you know, what was it? All the all the companies would come and do these kind of like night events. Yeah, they try yeah. to recruit you and tell you, oh, this is why you should work for us. So why you should work for us. So, yeah, I was at this event called NSN. National Sales Network in Atlanta this week. And uh, man, I, it was like, took me back to 90, 97, 98, <laughs> man, where they had all these companies there. Uh, I got a video of the craft booth uh, or craft room, uh, you know, cheese, macaroni yeah, yeah. cheese, you know, craft, the business. You know, I they think literally, crafts. Yeah, I know. That's what I had to go <laughs> So craft that the, the, um, the company that makes mac and cheese, they actually had the Kool-Aid man in there doing the uh, two-step. <laughs> wait, wait. You had a big corporate event, a business event, setting, and they had a dude dressed up in a jug of a pitcher? I had to put that. We had to put that show where it's business, man. I just have to. I mean, yeah. so, so, so if they had Kool-Aid dancing and, and they had music playing, can, can, you, can you guess... <laughs> what culture this this, this, this sales organization is <laughs> yeah so let's just say just a lot of um african-american folks <laughs> in the room and uh trying to you know doing the uh, t-step together so uh yeah it was good man just so basically i was going to room to room you know networking talking to folks and just seeing what's what and then you know i, I found an empty room and that's when we you know i was able to join so uh so i appreciate you uh, accommodating me as well even though i came late Oh man, absolutely. No, man, the, the vibe of the show lit up when you got in. So, you know, we need all the pieces there. That's what I'm saying. Well, may, maybe because I was lit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of Kool-Aid you drinking, dog? Yeah, they, they had it, boy. I mean, they had shrimp and grits in some of those rooms. I mean, what? Boy, yeah, man, this took me back to 97, 98. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this decided, well, anyway. So it's so funny, man. So you go to these events, right? It's like black events. And so they got like, you know, a lot of, you know, looking for black talent, very talented people make getting great jobs. But man, you, you can tell it's like, they always had like one or two white folks. 
back in the corner. And that was the person you need to talk to, right? Because they were the SVP, the director, or they were the ones running everything, the whole division. And so you have to go talk to them to kind of get a lay of the land. But, uh, you know, but good. I mean, look, diversity is important for these corporations. They realize that. And so I'm glad that they made the effort and put the investment in there. And it's also Atlanta. So I think, you know, they know what they're getting into. <laughs> so, so, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, so it's just, yeah, it's just interesting, man. I, I had an interesting uh, week going to conferences and I had another one I had to go to the National, National Medical Association, Association, which is the largest black doctor uh, organization. And so you see all these black doctors once again doing the two-step, <laughs> hanging out, having a good time. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, it, you know, we are who we are, no matter what I profession we're in. So I love I it. Love it. So that was my week, man. Uh, man, real, real quick, uh, I know we're we're gonna get into the WB stuff, but I also this week, you know, every night I try to watch a little something really quickly uh, as I'm washing dishes or whatever, uh, just to make sure I'm connected. And uh, before I dropped Netflix, I was like, you know what? Let me uh, let me watch the Sandman business. It's starting out pretty good, man. Just wanted to say that. Really? Okay. Yeah, did so you read we'll the comments? Did you read the comments? Uh, I. I tried, I don't want to say I tried, I started into some of them and I was like, okay, this isn't my vibe. It's got a, um, a European, more classic vibe and something about it. I, not that it's bad at all. I just wasn't into it and never attached to it. But that same vibe is coming across on this Netflix show pretty well. So we'll see how it plays out. We'll do a review or something later. Recap. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll go check it out. I mean, you're right. It's not my vibe either, but I mean, you know, I got the general premise, you know, mm-hmm. in that comic book, uh, you know, I guess they all got these, the, you know, uh, the, the dream master and his, his brothers and sisters and their endless, you know, entities that live on. But, uh, I thought it was kind of interesting concept. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll see. Yeah. Netflix is trying to do some quality and I think the creator, Neil Gaiman, he's actually involved in the TV production. So. I yeah. guess that's a good sign. So we'll see. Seems, seems to be so far because it seems authentic and not like, you know, dial phoned in or whatever. Yeah, you can tell when Game of Thrones, you know, when um, what's his name had to step back, George R.R. R. Martin. Remember, he was, mm-hmm. he was writing episodes for a second, right? And then he kind of like, oh, I got to focus on these books. So, um, yeah, quality kind of dipped a little bit with Game of Thrones. So, yeah, we'll, we'll check it out, man. Okay. Good, good, good. Yeah, I was wondering about that show. It's so much, so much to watch, man. I just can't. Yeah, I just can't keep up. Um, well, since you're giving reviews, uh, I watched an interesting show. Did I tell you about this show? Uh, this guy, this gentleman by the name of Nathan Fielder. You ever heard of him before? Hmm, no. He did a show back in the day on Comedy Central called Nathan for You. That that's the funniest show you ever seen in your life, man. He's basically he said he has a MBA. This is true. He graduated from MBA as some off. Not now he's a comedian. Let's let me just put it there. But he said he <laughs> got his MBA. You know like Phoenix online or something. And so he went around and came up with these outrageous plans to help these small businesses make more money. <laughs> it was okay. elaborate scenes. And there was a viral thing he did. I don't know if you remember, he created his own fake Starbucks for a minute. And it, and it, Oh, it was a meme. that's where I remember that name. Yes. That was out here in the, in Los Feliz or something like. Yeah. So, you know, he, he takes it up this coffee shop owner and, uh, you know, it, it's these elaborate schemes, you know, um, it's, it's almost kind of like, you know, slice of life. And so he created this new show called the rehearsal, man, that if you ever seen, um, Schenectady, New York, it was like a, uh, movie that was, um, by, uh, 
Oh man, I can't remember his name right now, but Philip Seymour Hoffman was in it. But basically it's like a guy who created his life uh, with, with actors. And this is what this guy's doing. It's called the rehearsal. So if you're like, I'm scared to talk to you, Ben, you know, we ain't talked in 20 years. Right. He's right. going to create, get an actor that looks like you and create a scene where you and I could be together and I can rehearse what I'm going to say to you. But I'm, that's all I'm going to say about it because it gets into some deep, dark places and absurdity that he goes to is just on another level. So okay, what's creative the, name of, the name of that one? That's called uh, uh, The Rehearsal. So it's the okay. same guy who did Nathan for you. I love that show. And so when he did this one, I had to give him a shot. And uh, I, it's, it doesn't disappoint. Um, oh, and one more show I want to give a recommend. Maybe we'll do this at the beginning. Just give quick show recommendations. Uh, right. Rap Shit. Have you heard about that one? Heard about it. Haven't gotten into it. Yeah, that's the latest Issa Rae creation. She's not in it, but uh, it's basically this kind of like riff of uh, the city girls out of New York. I mean, out of Miami and how they you know came to prominence with their, their rap careers. But they got analogs and two characters, two female characters that, you know, start are starting a rap group in this day and age. And it's very interesting because they're using social media. Uh, I mean, they're like, you know, you see people are talking directly to like a phone or they're, they're doing FaceTime in, in the show. And it's mm-hmm. indistinguishable from like real life. So it's like, you know, they'll switch back and forth like all the time. Someone's either recording on Instagram or Snapchat, but they're also talking in real life. So it's kind of like a slice of life of how things are done now in that field. And it's, I mean, you know, I don't live on it like that, you know, but it's, yeah. but that generation they do and that's how they do everything. And so it's, it's very interesting and showing right. how they're coming up, you know, into the rap game. So, so far, so good. So, yeah. So this is my two recommendations, both, uh, needs to say our HBO max TV shows. So, so I thought that was oh, a good thing. Good connection. <laughs> All right, Mr. Benjamin, let's go into it, man. Let's get into digging in the crates. This week, we're going to talk a little bit about the, uh, the great WB TV shows, movies that we watched, uh, back in the day growing up. And then also maybe talk a little bit about the discovery, you know, of reality shows that we watch as well. So Mr. Benja, man, I'll let you start it off. You know, it's that, that classic logo, man. Um, you know, WB comes up, blah, 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 you know, playing the little Looney Tunes kind of deal. You just can't get around that, man. It's so, it's so great. And so powerful, at least for people growing up. So I think the, the one time it really stuck in my head was when the the matrix movie when that started up and you saw that big wb in the matrix style you know it started deteriorating into the green and black number scheme i was like okay wb that i mean i was already young then but it took me back to when i was young young like when i was really a kid and first saw i was like oh wb still around yeah mm-hmm. this is the brand and that's funny. I was I always wonder about that. Like, I think they do it for Harry Potter. I mean, it's only few franchises get that. Oh, you can mess with the WB local. You're just going to be that fly. Right. And yeah. and surprise to me, Matrix. I mean, that that meant movie was transformational. I mean, because it came out with college and just, you know, open eyes to a lot of different things. But you're right. They did change that WB, I think, in the first movie like that. So I thought that's kind of interesting. So they must have had that much faith in it back then. And that was pre-internet. So I mean, that I just remember two movies back then, The Blair Witch and that one, where there was no internet really. 
and you just had to go. They 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 tease it enough where you had to go see it, right? And, I mean, yeah. I remember the ad campaign is that no one could be uh, told what the Matrix is. You have to actually go see it, and it's like ah. Oh, that's slick. <laughs> that could go horribly wrong if it's a whack movie. But when people come back and go like, so uh, how was that Matrix movie with the dumb commercials? Like, yo, dog, nah, seriously, you really got to go see it, dog. That got fact, me. I'm going, to, I'm going tonight again. That, that got me, man. I think you were, I think you were done with family at that time. I was still there and I took, uh, 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 a kid, uh, a young kid, I was kind of mentoring with me to go check it out, and I think I think I told this story. He was just kind of like, "Oh yeah, it's all right." I'm over here like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen." <laughs> I was nerd out. I was freaking out. I was like, "Oh my god, what is this movie?" <laughs> yeah, man. That exactly. That that was the whole case for me. Um, but yeah, that logo. I think the only other time I really saw it, and it it kind of stopped me was a uh, during um. Batman the animated series because like they had the the logo up on the screen and usually especially for TV they would just show the logo play the music and then you would kind of go into something else but the way they did this one was they played the music and the music and audio slowly shifted into that dark Batman theme and it had the blimp there and the blimp with the two lights it looked like eyes right sitting on the WB logo that's just but the two eyes on the WB logo, I never thought about that. I was like, oh, oh, that's classic. Oh, man. Yeah. It brings back good memories, man. After high school, just, you know, get my uh, my uh, Hot Pocket or my uh, <laughs> or Apple Pie and just watch it in, like, around 4.30 after school, man. I would get so hyped. I was like, oh, yeah. kids don't have that now. I'm watching my kids. They, they got YouTube videos of people talking about toys, you know, or video games, but. Back in the day, you would come home and you were like, oh, I got time to go watch this, you know? Yeah. About 4.30, uh, was it 4.37 or something, or 4.36 before the news came on. And then you had the, uh, uh, you know, what, uh, Will Fortune and Jeopardy. But uh, yeah, man, those are the days, man. Yeah. Ooh, we're, we're, we're up there, brother. That's 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 a whole other life. <laughs> you don't even do that anymore. <laughs> so let me see. There was there was Batman, Superman movies, uh, Harry Potter. We mentioned Animaniacs was strong too. Uh, they also had a lot of other things like uh, the Jamie Foxx show and Smart Guy. Mm. So just a lot of different properties, man. Well, since this is you know, we talk as a WB, but it, the really name of the company is the Warner Brothers Discovery. And okay. So, yeah, so Discovery is the reality kind of leader. I mean, well, not leader. I mean, it's Lifetime and there's other folks in there. But uh, what what Discovery shows do you remember, you know, that came from, you know, uh, just that presence, you know? And then I think also under the umbrella, CNN, TNT, TBS, things like that. Yeah, um, it's it's funny. Those, I mean, well, CNN, its own little entity and powerhouse of its own. Um, but yeah, like TNT, TNT and TBS were just these, there was always something on, like you're flipping through the channels and, you know, before streaming networks just had cabling, you just flip through the channels and like, oh, look, yeah, wrestling on TNT. All right, cool. That's Lex Luger. I'll watch this. And the, the TBS, same thing. You're just flipping through and there's like, we can so, put a quick note on that, man. Let's just give a shout out to Monday TNT Nitro, brother. True. That that bond that bonded us, boy. We were like so hyped. <laughs> what was that junior year, senior? I don't remember, but it was just that 
I don't know how we got started. I think we had roommates that got 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 us into it, and then we slowly got into it. And then I just remember you and I were just like, I mean, Monday, what you doing Monday night, dog? I'm gonna watch that TNT Nitro. <laughs> yeah, boy, the Monday Nitro. Oh man, uh, yeah, th- dog. And that Thursday Thunder. Yeah, that was a that was a whole that was a whole vibe, man. And pe- people don't get it, but WCW and the on TNT and Oh gosh, there was so many crazy memories. But yeah, that and um but aside from TNT, there was uh the discovery stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, it's honestly very kind of hard to think of stuff that was on Discovery, um, except for Shark Week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shark Week. Shark Week. Myth Buster. You know, it just and, it just had it, man. It's like a big I mean, it's it was even a big thing when we were growing up. Um but it's like really big now. I think they had Chris Hemsworth was on doing something. The Rock was doing something for Shark Week. Obviously, there's you know branding with the sharks. You know, uh, what's it called? Um, yeah, I can't, Shark Shark. Dang, what's the name of that TV Shark Tank? Yeah, Shark Tank. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's it's big time. You know, uh, you can also find uh, Shark Week in your your local grocer's freezer section. So I I was going through the, I usually don't go to like the frozen dinners, but I walked by and there was like this, I forgot what they called it. It was just this weird, you know, ravioli with ham chunks. I forgot how they said it. I was like, ham chunks. That sounds <laughs> violent. You know, I don't know. And, uh, yeah, it had this, it had this like picture of a shark in the corner coming up to, uh, eat the, eat the meal. And I was like, well, that's weird. It was like sponsored by shark week and all branded in and i was like uh, okay interesting yeah i mean you know um florida aquarium here in tampa or you know obviously at georgia aquarium you know the big features always the sharks and stuff like that so just seeing a little you know how big the sharks are you know it's i mean just like dinosaur sharks i mean you know that's just the imagination of an eight-year-old kid in me and, and my son who's six so so yeah i get it um, but yeah uh, you know, shark. Uh, to be clear, the Shark Tank is on ABC. Well, yeah, they. But you know, they do kind of like cross promotional thing. I've seen that before. I don't okay. know how often they do that. Yeah, Shark Tank is on uh, ABC under that umbrella, which is owned by Disney. But I mean, Chris Hemsworth was doing some Shark Week stuff, so I, I don't know. Is it you know? We'll do more research on that. But it does seem like there's some synergy there, or uh, Disney is trying to co-op Shark Week from. Warner Brothers Discovery, so it's going. I would, I wouldn't put it past them. So seven, seven days of shark. You're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> starring Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Good boy. Yeah, <laughs> it's about a brain and Shark Week. <laughs> well, our Shark Week is on on third. Or it starts on a Wednesday. So yours on Monday. So yeah, I get it. But yeah, um, I'll just reference this later on in the in the show. We can uh. All right, so yeah, but yeah, Discovery. You know what Discovery is? It's basically that. So, but yeah, those are my memories of it, man. Shark Week, MythBusters, Sons of Guns, and uh, you know, good stuff. But yeah, WB was the as far as branding on meat. It was all about uh, Batman, Superman, Matrix, and all that. Mm-hmm. I think TNT, TBS, CNN that came all under Turner Networks. Remember, and that was all based in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like that's kind of how that kind of got under uh. Uh, Warner Brothers, and so they bought that content, and so that's where you know wrestling came from. There's a TV show I used to love called Leverage um, that came out in 08, 
um, about a group of, you know, villains, not villains, but basically thieves, <laughs> hackers and all that stuff. They were like a super team and they were, you know, do good for people. So I, I kind of love that show um, that came on TNT. But yes, I mean, there was like a show called The Librarians that came on for years. I never watched it, but I heard it was decent. So yeah, TNT or Dark Skies. So yeah, so they've always had some content that they put out there. T- I think TBS is also where they started uh, the Tyler Perry revolution. If you remember, remember he had those shows on there for a long time. Uh, what's it called? The shoot. I can't remember. I can't remember. It was one of those mini shows he used to have back in the day. I think they started on TBS. So, um, so yeah, so it's kind of synonymous in my mind with Atlanta and I'll, I'll, I'll reference this later. Cause uh, I got a great story about, uh, my thoughts on the entertainment business from based out of Atlanta. But, um, but yeah, man, I think uh, we'll see more of what's going to happen. And so, so I think this will lead us into, you know, what, you know, we want to discuss later on when it comes to the Warner Brothers Discovery announcements at their uh, annual, um, you know, or shareholders meeting. So with that being said, Mr. Benja, oh, was there anything else oh, there? Yeah, quick note. Um, yeah, he's had a couple, Tyler Perry had a couple partnerships with uh, with TBS, so this is all interesting that it gets folded in because you had the house of pain. The house of pain. That's what it was called. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that I was did. the one, I mean, he remember, I think you remember, right. He started off, uh, as those little plays that the bootleg plays that we all watched. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause Oh yeah. I did watch this. Then he, you know, there's a movie. Then, then he has old TV show house of plant and now he's a billionaire. So, you know, shout out to, to him. Yeah. First two episodes of house of pain ran on TBS. Uh, and, um, they, th- they started off with like a two episode launch and, uh, Tyler Perry had a $200 million, hundred episode deal with TBS. <laughs> I don't know what a hundred episode deal looks like. Now we're in the era of, Hey, give me, give me six episodes and, uh, and maybe. <laughs> I mean, well, I don't know. this is a whole other Tyler Perry discussion, but uh, you, you watch any Tyler Perry production always says written, produced, directed by. And you just like, dude, I mean, you don't share nothing with nobody. <laughs> and it shows, I mean, so it's kind of like, uh, you know, so anyway, I digress, but, uh, we'll get, we'll get on this. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of content out there. Right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, all right, let's go ahead and uh, move on into the news. Mr. Benja. Did you see? Nope. Nope. I'm, I'm slow, man. I got, I had Benjicon going on, you know, you know, talking to all these people, uh, that, 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 that just tires me out, man. I'm an introvert. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed that you're doing that, man. So uh, it tires me out just listening. <laughs> uh, yeah. So nope. Uh, Jordan Peele's latest, uh, it did pretty decent 44 million opening weekend. Second weekend, um, you know, which is a modest drop, 58%. But, you know, it, it's not, it's probably um, not going to be on track that we saw with his previous efforts, us and get out, especially get out. So, uh, I mean, you know, uh, I saw it. So maybe we'll take another shot to go discuss it another time. But uh, I get why there's some, you know, so it may not be perceived as, as successful because it's probably just going to be just make a hundred million, but he probably made it only for like 30 million. But I mean, you know, you gotta give him credit, man. He's doing something original. I mean, you don't, and he's got his branding on it. I mean, how many black directors, I mean, only one I could think of is Spike Lee. I mean, and 
that's amazing, man. He's, within three movies, he's already has branded content. Now he's got to be careful. He's got, you know, he's got to get his quality back up or do something interesting. But, um, you know, kudos to him to try to do something different. And it was, it's, it's a very interesting movie. So we can go check it out. We can discuss. But it doesn't seem like he has that, you know, he's, he's not taking it to that next level that get out, you know, when people are doing memes and stuff like that. It's like, you know, he's missing something. So, you know, I think he's trying to do two artsy farts. So we'll see. <laughs> An artist. Well, you know, you know how it is. If you're successful, one yeah. thing or super successful, you gotta get up your ass a little bit too much. You don't, you're not in the streets enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did it. No, I was, oh, no, I'm good. I mean, I, it's like whatever I think of people gonna like. So then that's when the danger happens. So it's, 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 it's a delicate balance. I guess you tell me as an artist, right? Isn't a delicate balance between, you know, you want to be out there and thinking ahead, but also still have some groundedness to kind of keep, you know, not to all the audiences, but at least some audience, right? Well, yeah, it's like, um, you, you, you really do lose sight because once you've got momentum going, you're like, okay, I can keep going in this direction. And it's hard to kind of, as, as an, as a creator and an artist, your creativity and your run speed is a little faster than the people you're showing it to. Mm. So usually when they put out their first or second or, you know, whatever third, they're kind of in sync with the audience. And then at some point they start to eat beer to the left or right, or just go way far ahead. And true artistic geniuses know how to time their stuff just perfectly where it's like, no, we're staying in the zeitgeist. Uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce are both very good at being on time and just ahead of the curve. So they're never too far away from everybody else, but that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Beyonce just, yeah. Shout out to Beyonce. She just dropped her new album and, you know, get a lot of views. Um, so she's still showing relevancy. So that's powerful, man. But you're right. This, I mean, she dropped that one that everybody was like, yeah, I'll quit my job tomorrow. And they had these memes on it. So you're right. It's like, um, you gotta find that, that, that delicate balance. It's hard. I don't know how, yeah. It's a, it's a razor thin line, right? Cause you want yeah. to be just ahead of, cause you know, you're like, you're right. You're building these projects like months ago, year, a year ago. Right. And just like, okay, this is what I'm feeling right now. And you drop it. And then, you know, people are like, oh, wow, this is like timely. So yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Like you, you catch people who are a little too ahead of their time. Like Tyler, I mean, uh, Tyler, the creator, you play his stuff from five years ago to somebody. Now they're like, Hey, this is tight. It's like, yeah, he was a little bit ahead and people are following him. Uh, even some old Michael Jackson stuff like that last album escape, you start playing some of that and you're like, Hey, this is pretty good. And you're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> wow. And people just kind of missed it because it hit a poppy vibe that wasn't there yet. So interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I, f I feel it. I feel it. Uh, yeah, man. I know we usually cover news now on the Wednesday. So was there anything else you wanted to catch up on? Um, uh, yeah, you know, out in, uh, out in Disneyland, um, not Disneyland, but the land of Disney, uh, you know, there, there were WB's constant little counterpart, I guess, that fighting against what's going to happen here. So I thought it was interesting to mention that, you know, D23 is coming up and we expect new information about the two new Avengers films that were announced at Comic-Con. So 
just kind of a book into all the WB stuff that Disney's still out there waiting to kick that ass. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about later. Uh, Batgirl, you saw what uh, Kevin Feige said. Nice note to the directors of uh, uh, yes. to, uh and so you know, says, hey, you know, <laughs> Kevin Feige, boy, that dude. I mean, but the directors, to be fair, they did help direct uh, Miss Marvel. Um, I forgot mm-hmm. the brothers. I forgot the name of the, the, the name, but um, yeah, they uh, you know, so man, Kevin Feige, dude, that dude, man, doesn't have me with Kevin Feige because that dude. I mean. He's doing what you're supposed to do, man. <laughs> Keep your neck up the competition. He's doing very well with that. So, so kudos to him, man. Kudos to him. Yeah. And if you're if you're listening to this and somehow didn't hear the news, uh, there's a huge Batgirl film that was being developed. Ninety million dollars, I believe, was the number, or seventy million. And uh, they just wrapped that up and said, "Nope, no one's seeing it. Seal it off. Cut everything. It's not getting released. Um, no one's going to see this ever. We're getting a tax break." By doing this, goodbye. Mm. Sad situation, actually, but you know. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, man. So we'll talk more about that in a second. But uh, yeah, so Kevin Feige, uh, you know, is doing what he needs to do. I, it was interesting. I saw. I don't know if you've been on Disney Plus. I think I don't know if you're back on it or you turned it back on. I don't know where you are, but uh, the Infinity Saga is on Disney Plus right now. So, uh, so that he's already kind of put it out there, you know, so all the, all the past, what, 24 movies that were part of phase one, phase two, phase three, introduced Avengers, had Thanos, Infinity, uh, Bendy War and Endgame. That's all now in a package. So I'm assuming they're going to build the next package, which we saw at Comic-Con, the, uh, multiverse saga. So I see. So he's already, you know, it's like gotten out. So now. The branding is out there now, so there it is. So uh, good for Kevin Feige. So they're so they're preparing. So we'll see. You know, Phase Four is uh, you know wrapping up. Phase Five will be here soon. So uh, you know, Feige, we trust again, I guess. And so we got an interesting article. Check us out on Shell versus Business website. You know, put a little something out there to talk about what Kevin Feige's doing and what this means for fandom out there. Anything? Anything else interesting in the news, Mister Benjamin? I got nothing. Yeah, man. Let's just keep it moving today. So we're going to move into the feature presentation. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, everyone. Today we have an interesting topic. We're going to talk about HBO. uh, Well, really, Warner Brothers uh, Discovery uh, Media. They had a presentation this week. Kind of blew shockwaves into the industry right of what they're thinking of and where they're going in the future um and it's, it was kind of interesting um david zasloff who's took over for warner brothers which warner brothers owns a lot of the dc properties uh like you know superman batman all that he came in uh with new marching orders definitely different than the previous guy who led uh you know who was very aggressive with um uh, Jason Kylar, Kylar, who came from Hulu, was great, great, very aggressive in putting uh, things toward the streaming service, right? Moving aggressively toward that. David Zav lost not so much. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll get into all this in a second. Um, so, Mr. Bidja, I mean, how do we want to frame this? I can kind of tell you my thoughts on it, you know, from a strategy standpoint, but I'll let you kind of kick it off and kind of give you a take high level on what you're thinking. 
Okay. So what are we going to call them now? Warrant Discovery, is that the name? Well, they, on the, the ticker is WBD. So it's Warner Brothers Discovery. That's the okay, actual Warner. name of the company. All right, Warner Brothers Discovery. Yeah, WBD, and they're all and they own HBO, HBO Max, Discovery. They're not like we said before, the TNT, TBS properties and CNN. Okay, so what what's going on here? Because there was a merge a little while ago with, um, you know, there was AT and T, right, and that merge with Discovery, and then after this merger, there's. Warner brought out, bought out discovery and I, I, I just, from, from, a, from far away, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, that's always a challenge. Uh, yeah, man. It's so, uh, for, for a while, uh, Warner brothers, uh, was AOL. Remember time Warner, remember back in the day mm-hmm. and they had all this content, you know, and then they kind of bought in T- TNT, TBS, CNN. Uh, from Turner Networks. And then um, AOL said, F this, we, we're done. We're not dealing with this anymore. We're going to spin off and do this other thing. AOL went one way, and an AT&T, a cell phone company, bought uh, Warner Brothers properties, right? And they said, oh, we got such a great vision. We're going to sell more devices because we got more content. Um, Yeah, but those two different businesses. Because <laughs> you got cell phones, doesn't mean people go buy more, you know, cell phones because they got, you know, Game of Thrones on their phones. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. And that true story, I, I used to uh, support AT&T. And I, I remember when that happened, they had their big kind of corporate event. And they actually had like some celebrities at the event. I was there. And Queen Latifah was walking around with the CEO, John Snanky at the time. And so I was like, oh, okay. AT&T is trying to be, you know, big time. And so, um, but, they had no clue what they were doing, let's be honest, right? And so they were just trying to figure out how they were going to get uh, content, you know, and try to figure this out. So they brought in Jason Kylar and some other folks that had entertainment, you know, backgrounds mm-hmm. to kind of run this stuff. And um, some, are, some are still there. Great many are not, like Jason Kylar. Pandemic hit, you know, he was aggressive because, you know, it was all about streaming because of Netflix and the pandemic. And so, you know, we saw a lot of content kind of, kind of blow up. But AT&T started doing the numbers and, you know, they had to take out some loans to get this, you know, just like you take out a loan to get a house, right? Mm-hmm. They took out a loan to buy this thing. What's a lot of money. And considering that they also sold devices, which, you know, you don't know, it takes a lot of money to make those. It's cost a good sold. So they didn't really have a lot of money sitting around. So finally, after three years, even before that, they said, you know what? F this. We don't know if it's going to be a hit, you know, you know, at least with a cell phone, you know how much you're going to make on it, right? You know, right. with your volume numbers, it's more predictable. Uh, media companies, man, there is, I mean, it, it's a crapshoot. No one knows. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of like, it's like, get the hell out of here. So they, they, they found a, a willing buyer in discovery of all people. We talked about them. They're reality people. And it's, hey. No. Okay. So up until, so up until then, um, it was AT&T pretty running, pretty much running the show. Um, and, and this is why people were saying it doesn't have a media focus because it's AT&T and they're not a media company. They're a telecommunications company. So they're buying up these properties and like, it just didn't work out and they lost a lot of money. So then, um, they're looking for a buyer you're saying and discovery shows up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Discovery is this reality, this, uh, you know, they're in the entertainment business, but totally opposite end, right? They're heavily into not just any kind of 
you know, like flashy reality, like Real Housewives of Atlanta or anything like that. They're in like Myth Brothers, you know, they're in like, you know, that, hey, we're going to find some guys, you know, we're going to sit around and figure out how to make your car go faster, right? With gasoline right. or, you know, and yeah, it. and the guy who um, built all that, he came from um, David David's Ablos. He was really good at efficient and keeping these, the costs low and building out these, this property and this empire. So they, so they were making money, right? They were profitable for a media mm-hmm. company, but you know, the content was just okay. So they were merging and then he, and it, so when they merged, the discovery people had power now and they wanted to kind of reshape what WP could look like. Okay. So how does, how did discovery have all this money? Well, they were, is, the, it, is it a lot of money? Well, it's business, man. <laughs> they, they, uh, they were able to buy it at a pretty reasonable price because AT&T said, well, you take on this debt, son. We don't want this debt no more. So it's just like if you have a mortgage house, you still got to pay interest. Or let's say yeah. you have a, a a house that uh, has adjustable uh, interest, right, on your mortgage. So right. one, one minute you're paying 2000 interest rates go up. Now you're paying 2200 right, a month. So AT&T... You know, it was just like, you know what? We don't want to have to pay this interest payment every, every, every month or every year. So look, if you want this stuff, Discovery, you have to take on this debt, right? And, you know, we'll give you a reasonable price. And plus, um, there was some equity. So if you were AT&T uh, shareholder, you got a percentage of that company. So some of our AT&T shares, you know, some of our shares became WB um, Discovery shares. So it was kind of interesting how that worked out. But make a long story short. They only bought it because they took on the debt and now they had this debt. And that's what they, David Zaslaw is looking at. It's like, okay, I got to pay these interest payments every year in billions of dollars up to like, it's like $5 billion. And I got to figure out how to cut this cost, right? It's fast. Um, so that's kind of where we are right now. And um, so that's where, you know, Discovery is looking at, you know, how they want to kind of reshape the company to be successful. So, um, they can move forward to, you know, in the future because they realize that, uh, you know, interest and we're, we talked about this, we're in inflation. Inflation means your interest rates are going up. That's why, you know, because they need to slow down speed of uh, money and then they slow down, you know, people purchasing power. So that means if interest rates go up, all these debt obligations are going to go up. And so they get, they're trying to get this debt off the books as fast as possible and figure out how to make it become profitable. So that's where we are right now. So that's kind of high level. It's a lot of economics. It's a lot of business shenanigans, but you know, that's why we're seeing what we saw with Batgirl. So we can talk about that in a second, but that's what's going on right now from a high level business standpoint. Right. High level creative standpoint. Most people are thinking, wait a minute, the guys who do, uh, you know, the house fix up reality shows are, are now in control of Batman and justice league. Interesting. So, yeah, I mean, but like, there's been always Bedford. I mean, uh, Comcast, which is a cable company, still owns mm-hmm. uh, NBC. Yes. So, yeah, you know, it's always been like that. I mean, shoot, back in the day, I, was, uh, I forgot. Uh, I think for a second, like a candy company owned one of the studios. So it's it's like, oh, you talking about Mars? Yeah, I think Mars didn't Mars own. I gotta look it up. But there was a art. I saw a uh, a chart of all the different companies that own like media at one time. So it is not unheard of. I mean, cause 
I mean, it's art, right? I mean, you're, you're an artist, Mr. Benjamin, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's almost like, what's your day job, right? <laughs> so my day job is making cell phones. My day job is, you know, selling cable boxes. But, you know, I dabble, you know, and, you know, some art artist expression until I can't afford it no more. And then I kick it to the curb. Right. And so it's kind of like, that's kind of how it's always been in that because it's such a, it's a, it's a, it's a hit business, right? If, you know, and no one knows what's going to be hot or not. You just don't know. You know what I mean? You can try all kind of algorithms. Um, and some people can create the environments to be successful, like a Kevin Feige, but, right. um, yeah, it's just don't know. So anyway, I digress. So it's kind of like, that's where we are right now. Strange terms, but it happens. Yes, it does. Um, man. So good. Yeah. So what, what was the news that shook everybody this week? It was, uh, like you mentioned Batgirl, it was 90 million, not 70 million, but $90 million movie was done. It is a wrap, but they were just doing post-production. They did some test audience screenings and the rumor is they didn't go well. Right. Um, and AT&T, the, I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, David Zaslav and Infinite Winston said it was better to never release this movie and just kind of as a loss so he can get a tax write-off. <laughs> they end up releasing it. <laughs> and that goes, shows you how this guy thinks. So for those that don't know, tax write-offs are basically, uh, you know, if you got money um, this year, um, but if you have some losses, you can make it seem like you didn't make as much money, so you don't have to pay as much in taxes. And so basically, I'm assuming they did some financial calculations to figure out, hey, this $90 million that we lost, it's going to make our um, taxable income go down lower. And now we don't have to pay, you know, instead of $100 million in taxes, we only have to pay $10 million. Perfect. Let's do that. <laughs> so that's what, you know, in his mind, because they were looking at it like, it didn't seem like a, it was kind of interesting strategy that it was going to be streaming only number one. And it was going to be, um, you know, and people said, what you know, the rumors are, it wasn't, um, as, uh, cinematic as they, you know, like the Batman or any other kind of WB TV show, uh, movie that's out there. So, um, man, they, they had, had those, man, what if they, they had a state, they had a statement, uh, forgot what it was that somebody said, um, it doesn't represent the the look that we're going for something or the, the strong cinematic presence that we're going for. And there was also a statement about, you know, the streaming first, why, why would you have a big movie go streaming first? So makes sense. And, you know, when you, when you stop and think about it, but when you hear that right off the bat, you're just going through Twitter, like right off the bat, no, pun intended. When you're just when you're just scrolling through Twitter, it's just like, yo, Batgirl got canceled. And it's like, oh, well, well, you know, and the angle I didn't really consider, but, um, you know, shout out to beyond the trailer from grace. I mean, it's a diversity thing too. Cause if you look at it, I mean, you know, it's going to be the first kind of Latina bat, bat, uh, girl, uh, the directors, you know, they're, um, also, you know, people of color. And so, you know, a lot of people color in front and back, uh, it does seem like, um, they're scrapping that whole premise, right. Um, of what they're trying to build. Right. Also, you know, the, you know, shout out. I didn't hear any rumors of a blue beetle. Remember those discussions of blue beetle trying to come mm-hmm. out. I haven't heard anything about that recently either. So it does seem like, you know, any thoughts of uh, diversity right now, um, 
in this DCEU is kind of being scrapped, you know? And so people are like, you know, that doesn't look good. You know, obviously there were promises made to the people, you know, cause I mean, think about this. You just filmed this whole movie and no one's ever going to see it. And it was this big promotion and you were excited. It's going to be a big break. You got, you know, that's my bag. I mean, you know, shoot, I could be playing Batgirl for the next 10 years, right? Yeah. Wow. For, and, um, for those who don't know, when you're working on like a big creative project like this, it's like you're spending years of your life just concentrating on this one thing and you go to work, you're like, okay, Batman is this, Batgirl is this. We got, okay, there's this character. Let me read up on this. Let me go meet up with uh, Ezra Miller. Okay, maybe that's not a good idea. You know, you, <laughs> you're just doing this for a long time and you're really invested in it. And suddenly if somebody cancels it or it gets, um, anything happens to this project, the worst thing is it not coming out at all because then you don't get a credit. So all those people who worked on it, they don't get a credit. And that's like years out of your life in Hollywood. When you're looking and you say, Hey, this person did X, Y, and Z, even if it was a bad movie, you can say, Hey, listen, I was responsible for this scene. I did this and that I got to work on, I learned whatever. And that, that goes a long way and it's really important. So, you know, you can understand why Feige, you know, why it made sense for Feige to shout him out. It's like, Hey, I mean, I got two, multiple reasons for doing this, but hard situation. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, some people say, why not release them I mean, yet? It's, you know, it, it is a bad, you know, some people are saying it might not have been good or whatever, but you just don't know, you know, I mean, Venom. The first Venom that just came out with uh, <laughs> Tom, uh, was it Tom Hardy? Yeah. That was going to hit. That made almost a billion dollars. So it's just like. I like it. Such, yeah, that's such a 90s vibe to it, right? And so you just don't know, man. And I guess they were just like, well, we're not going to release it in a movie. And so I think they're saying if it's going to be streaming only, is that really something that we want to, you know, put on streaming? And so that brings up the question of, is is WB is Warner Brothers Discovery? Are they looking at streaming as their ultimate goal now? And I, I think there's rumors that that's not it anymore. They're not looking at looking at streaming as where they're trying to go. You know, that was Jason Kylar's push, right? That's why he pushed everything on there. We're gonna compete with Disney, Netflix. We're gonna be number one. But as we're seeing, Netflix is down in stock. There's 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 questions about the validity of their strategy, streaming only. And so now HBO shall say, well, you know what? Let's just say bump streaming is it's there. We'll use it, but it's not going to be the end all be all to how we're going to make our money. And yeah. so I think that that's what they're trying to say here with this bad girl. And then also a uh, Scooby-Doo, which is us. Uh, it's supposed to be a Scooby-Doo uh, sequel that uh, we watched during the pandemic that came out on HBO Max. They were going to do the same thing. They also can that one. So, um, yeah. And looks like they're going again, going away from um, streaming only type movies. So they're 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 still slowly, uh, you know, moving away from. I think there was a movie that came out that was American Pickle, original HBO movie that's gone off the service now for whatever reason. The witches, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's a lot of shows that are you know movies now that kind of taking out of HBO Max and they're just saying, hey, you know. 
nah, dog, these movies ain't going to be seen anymore. You got to pay for them or something. You know, I don't know yeah. what they're trying to do, but it's it's weird, man. So, yeah. Yeah, they lost, uh, they lost um, Legends of Tomorrow, Flash, and the CW shows are ending. Um, you know, it's just like, y'all y'all better be scared y'all better get your resumes together and make sure you still got a project to work on because yeah stuff's happening and, and what is what is chad i heard that was getting that was pulled hours before the premiere yeah it was um nasim um Priyad, she used to work for uh saturday night live she had this weird show where she was a uh like a, t- a teenage boy and she it was like one season it had you know decent reviews but uh Nope. Think <laughs> about that thing. It was a premiere. They, they had promotion for it, advertising for it. Snip. That's it. Now, now I gonna see this. <laughs> Hours before it show up on the TV show. And then CNN Plus. I mean, that was a big promotion push. CNN uh, Plus is going to okay. be this thing. $300 million. They said, not good. Six days later. Stash. <laughs> So, I mean, it's it's business, man. That's, I mean, you know, I mean, we talked about it previous uh, before the pod, but man, this is this is the reality of business, man. It's like you know, you try different strategies because we literally saw it was like a strategy since we've been doing this podcast. The strategy was let's put everything on streaming. It's during the pandemic. I mean, streamers through the roof. Everybody's going that route. Yeah. Then uh, economy hit, got bad. People were back in the streets. And, oh. That don't work no more. <laughs> so we're going to do something different. And so that's why we're seeing all these cuts. And so, uh, you know, more to come. Well, let's get into some of the players here, man. Do um, you want to talk a little bit about some of these guys? And I give you some some thoughts of what they're thinking. But, um, yeah, some of these guys that are over there that are kind of making these big decisions like canceling, you know, Batgirl and looking at our strategy for, for DCEU. So. Well, yeah. let's start with the, I guess, the main guy in the picture, David Zaslav. Uh, people are going to be hearing his name a lot. Who, who is this Joker? <laughs> Zaslav. Uh, ex, uh, what's it called? Uh, he was under Bob Welsh. If you don't, uh, not Bob Welsh. Uh, uh, famous GE guy, GE, uh, uh, what's it called? GE uh, CEO, uh, Jack Welsh. He wasn't famous because he was called what they call Neutron John, uh, Jack. And so he was famous for just cutting people. He would buy companies, cut them. And he made, oh, look all these synergies we made. Now my stock went up to $20 million. And he was just famous for that. So he has acolytes that came from his GE, you know, um, like my old CEO, John Chambers, he was an acolyte, right? He was just like, he said, we're one and two, we get out of the business, right? Um, And so it's like, he was the god in the 80s and 90s. If you were a CEO, that was your Superman that you wanted to be yeah. like, right? And so... Hold on. I, I think I've heard that before. If you're not wanted to, get out. I think so, someone said that in the terms of, listen, if you're not Pepsi or Coke, don't start making sodas. Exactly. exactly. I, see, so, I see. Yeah, so that's what came from Jack Welch. Because you remember back in the JG, he used to own everything. Yeah. <laughs> they did financial services, healthcare. Conference I went to, GE Healthcare was everywhere. A uh, bunch of other stuff, right? They were the, one of the biggest conglomerates, that's you know, and they bought everything. And so he was just out there, you know, because, uh, you know, what what I did a case study in the business school about the CEOs. Uh, they make more money when they do these big synergies. If you're a big corporate CEO, but technically the stock price don't really necessarily goes up. 
it, it fattens their pockets because they get more money because they have more <laughs> responsibility and stuff. But, you know, for the company itself, you know, it's just this magic word called synergies. When you merge two companies together, in theory, you can extract a lot of costs because it's redundancies, right? Yeah. But as you know, guys in the details. So, man, it, that takes years to get stuff working right together sometimes. And that's mm-hmm. where, you know, because, you know, and you try to tell a story to, to stock market and say, hey, this is the synergies we're going to make. Yeah, we combine these two companies like AT&T and uh, Time Warner, right? We combine these two companies. We're going to be worth $20 billion instead of $10 billion each. So anyway, make a long story short. So David Zaslav came from that that thinking. And so, you know, he, like you said, he came into uh, NBC, did some work there. And then he came over to um, uh, Discovery and really made it killing on figuring out how to make reality shows really cheap <laughs> and profitable. And so that's kind of his background. And, um, you know, he kind of spearheaded the transition, transaction between AT&T Discovery to combine. And um, it's really kind of on a tear right now. Um, and then there was like, you know, rumors, um, even when he came on board, you know, he wanted his charm. Um, he wanted his charm perspective and just talk to all these different folks and just really, you know, try to get their perspectives on the business and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, so it was kind of one of those things that, you know, he, uh, and he's a lawyer by training. I didn't even know that I'm looking at the Wikipedia. So that's interesting. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, so anyway, that's his background. So basically he is really more, I mean, kind of like Bob Chapik, man, the other, you know, these, uh, yeah, I was about to say, yeah, very similar kind of mode, just traditional, not these storytellers like Bob Iger or, uh, you know, who was over there, like Jason Kalar, right. Just these, you know, kind of flashy, you know, kind of Hollywood type looking guys. These are more kind of like, Hey, you know, I'm in the weeds, you know, I'm figuring this out. I'm trying to figure out how to get this work. And so uh, David Zadlaw is kind of like that. So he came in and now he's like, you know, wrecking shop, bruh, wrecking shop. So um, one thing I did want to bring in with him is, um, so he said on the announcement, so there's a couple of things he said, and I'll let you, we'll get into it in a second. He said, uh, remember at one time they were going to reach 125 million subscribers. Mm-hmm. And uh, his quote is, we are not in the business of trying to pick up every sub, he said. We want to make sure we get paid. Uh, okay. Well, I, I don't even, I don't even know what that means. Oh, so in his mind, getting subscribers are, is not, uh, it's not a, a you know, it's not going to help them get paid. Okay. That's not the, that's not the business, right? That's not the business they're in anymore. Okay. He wants to get paid. And so subscribers alone is not going to get him paid. That's, that's the impression that he's putting out there. Yeah, I see. Which makes everyone think, okay, in the streaming era, what is going to get you paid? Talking to theaters, merch, what's the big push? Or is there one singular push? I don't know. I think everybody's trying to figure that out. So he's trying to set the, the direction that, you know, our North Star, because the debt is what they call EBITDA, uh, which for us, financial term means earnings before interest, tax, debt, and uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, accumulation, not accumulation or I'll come up with it anyway, but it was like, basically he wants to make sure that they're profitable basically like yeah. 2025. Um, so that's only what <laughs> three years away. And I remember they had this big, it's like, you're trying to pay off your house in three years, right? You know, you got this big obligation that you can pay off. You're like, shit, I'm trying to cut costs. I'm trying to, so he's trying to cut costs or also have some big deals so he can big revenue or big kids mm-hmm. so he can 
he can get all this house off his off his books. <laughs> so that's really what he's trying to do in three years. And uh that's a lot, man. That's a lot. So um I didn't I didn't know he was trying to make waves in three years. Dude. That seems like a short amount of time. I mean, you know, miracles can happen in business. I mean, you know, they can move a lot pretty quick if they need to. Um, you know, they already said they got, I mean, it's a flash pan because I think they owe like 50 billion in debt, but they got rid of almost a billion already. And this is before the $90 million that they uh, had for the DC black girl fit flick. So they are, so they're, so with the black girl, they're at roughly, you know, just south of a billion dollars that they can write off in content since the merger that they can, you know, make sure that tax debt is lower and they don't have to pay as much interest. You know what I think I'm going to do? What's that? Resubscribe to HBO Max. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to support this cause. I know he doesn't want every sub, but... (laughs) I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, strategy is like picking a lane and kind of going down it. It's kind of like, it's trying to do both, man. It's, it's, it's what they call preserve your optionality, right? It's like, okay, we'll cut costs, but we're going to invest in quality movies, you know, and get DC back, you know, in 10 years. And we'll talk about that, but it's, it's like hard to do both, right? Cause to make quality, you need quality money, the right filmmakers and fo- folks involved. And when you do things like kill a Batgirl franchise, I mean, you know, we'll talk, what does that send out to the artist community? That signal, that bad signal, uh-oh. Is that a is that a good signal to the artist community that I will I will gut your project like a fish <laughs> doing well? Yeah. Um. Okay, I, I guess I'll interject this here. That's when someone comes asking for something amazing and asking for quality. Like, you know, there's a process of just hey, let's just build something, let's build some hits, and you kind of expect stankers along the way, and you're like, yeah, whatever, we'll work on those or, or whatever. But when people have the um, the financial pressures of saving money, cutting costs, not going too big on things, and creating quality, that's difficult. Throw in the fact that you're in a possibly new type of development situation where, you know, I'm not used to working in this way or at this rate of speed or on this type of schedule, you know. I mean, even uh, one of the projects I had, at some point it changed not ownership, but style. And they said, Hey, you have to send in updates like every, uh, every month. And it's like, well, can't we just send you the smaller updates like every week, like we've been used to. And they're like, no, they went, they want something amazing every month. And you would think that would give you more time, but we're used to throwing out small updates. They ask for these big updates. Now it's like, ugh, okay, what's, what's going into this one? Well, and this one, we're going to show off the lighting and the new rendering system and da, 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 da. It changed our whole vibe. So this whole thing sounds scary to me where you're cutting costs and saying, we want more quality. And, you know, three years down the line. Um, all right, let's, let's, let's watch what they do, man. Cause this is interesting. Well, I mean, you know, not to confuse a little bit more, but they just re-upped, uh, the executive over at HBO who's mm-hmm. been doing a great job, right? HBO Max is up there. To, you know, we talk about their shows all the time. Casey Bo- Boys, he got like a 10-year extension. So 
So, you know, if nothing else, he feels like the guy over HBO has a good handle of it where he can kind of create the environment to be successful. Because, you know, I think Casey Boyce came from the previous administration, right? And so he's still being successful, still having hits come out. Got the game with those people coming out. You know, we got the mm, okay. is doing well, right? You know, we got all these different shows. So, I mean, I think in his mind, he's like, look, if I can get the right executives, he felt like he has that with Casey Boyce. So maybe you can talk a little bit about, okay, who does he need to, to build up the DCEU, the cinematic universe, right, for DC? And, and on the Marvel level, that's going to be the question. And can he do that? David Zasloff. All right. Uh, you want to roll on to another person? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's see. Does he have that team in place? I was thinking about, um, you know, you started talking about, uh, you know, the guys who could make it happen. Walter Hamada came up. That's been the guy who's, who, who's he's definitely not a Feige, but he is the guy who's over a lot of the WB properties um, in in terms of DC, at least. Mm-hmm. So he was pissed over Batgirl. And apparently reports are coming out that he was about to quit and leave and just throw his hands up and be like, screw all y'all. But they convinced him to stay for at least uh, until later on in, in the year. So I don't know what he's staying there for and why they wanted to hold on to him for several more months. But He's going to stay on for now and he's pissed. I don't think he was doing very great anyway, from what I could hear, but. Yeah. I mean, you know, his, uh, I don't know. Is that just publicity stunt? I don't know. Just saying he was pissed. <laughs> just, just to you know, put his name out there. Um, Cause then his name come up with the whole, uh, uh, you know, justice league fiasco. Wasn't there some stuff that came out about him? I thought um, with Ray Fisher or was that, somebody else yeah it was it was him and he was yeah. he made he made some garbage moves like uh swamp thing swamp thing should have been a lot bigger than it was and cut it short and it's like ah come on walter what you doing yeah. i'm gonna call you by your first name walter <laughs> funny he started off as a producer man he was uh he did producing movies and stuff like horror films like at the yeah. final destination at mill and elm street so uh so now you know well, again, he's also executive of New Line Cinema, which came off those trash horror films back in the day. But yeah, so I don't know, man. We'll see. I mean, to your point, I don't think he's as relevant. He's not. He's not spearheading the creative direction like a Feige, right, for them right now. But um, yeah, we'll see it, what he does. Well, I mean, the point point is he's leaving, you know, because um, he's going to stay on for now. But they just held on to him for a little while longer, which makes me wonder if they're they're who they're grooming as their new Feige. If there is one. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I think they got somebody though, right? They came over. <laughs> Who's next on this list? Who'd that be? Talking about Alan Horn? Yeah. Talk about oh. Mr. Horn. Blow that horn. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't actually know much about Alan Horn, um, formerly of Disney. What do you got on this guy? Uh, I mean, you know, just like you kind of looking at the Wikipedia page, it looks like he, uh, you know, was a producer, of course, at one time. Then word just worked his way up. But um, under him, you know, created the environment, you know, to kind of produce uh, this whole uh, Marvel, the MCU renaissance, right? I think, you know, brought, you know, Kevin Feige kind of started kind of, you know, 
was under him and stuff like that. And then, cause he was at Disney for a long time. And then, um, yeah. So Bob Iger said, uh, he was actually over, uh, WB at one time, um, years ago and did like the Hobbit and Harry Potter, the dark Knight. And then I think in 2012, Iger went and said, Hey, come, you know, run the studios over there for us. And so Horn kind of helped, you know, establish, you know, that relationship, Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilm. So he was around doing all these big mergers and, you know, conversations and, you know, probably was one of the ones that kind of, you know, um, you know, gave Feige the, the head nod, right. To kind of get him involved, involved in some of this, right. With the help of Iger. So, yeah. So, you know, so they, Warner Brothers brought him back. I mean, but dude, this dude was already retired, right. <laughs> when they brought him back, to, when they brought him to Disney, uh, uh, in the first place, right? So now they brought him right back out of retirement. I'm just like, you know, guess they can find no one else. See if they can resurrect WB again. I don't know. Yeah. Man, when you get that age, man, it's like, you know, you're already retired. Mm-hmm. They said, you know, they dragged me back in. I Don't say like he needs the money. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he served as a the CEO of Walt Disney Studios for almost 10 years oversaw all motion pictures and the integration of Lucasfilm and Fox film studios, as well as the expansion and producing content for the streaming services. So if they're, you know, um, I'll go ahead and kind of enter the next point that, um, you know, they, they're working on a 10 year plan. Now they're looking for a Feige type guy. They say they have a 10 year plan and they're probably like, Hey, whatever you saw good happening over there, come do it over here. Mm-hmm that appears to be the the vibe that's going on. Um, but once again, it's like, Hey, 10 year plan. Um, I want results in three years. What does that even mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, (laughs) I don't know, man. Uh, (laughs) sure. I mean, it's kind of like you hire, uh, uh, you know, I'll give a sports analogy. I know you got analogies in the creative world. Like uh, John Gruden, he was the coach of the Raiders the next year. And uh, he went to the Tampa Bay Bucks. He played his previous team in the Super Bowl, the Raiders and the Bucks. So he already knew everything they were going to run. And his assistant coach was the head coach over at the Raiders. So so it's basically that's what they're trying to do. They try to recruit the coach over from Disney from uh, Disney. Okay, (laughs) now give us a playbook. What did they do? <laughs> so all you gotta do is uh I got one I got one thing. Kevin Feige. Just find us a Kevin Feige, circle it like three times, then we win. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know, man. Alan Horde, he mean he don't he may know the playbook, but you know, can he execute the playbook? That's gonna be the question. Um the other rumor is, you know, I, you know, I heard is that they may try to uh poach one of um Kevin Feige's lieutenants. You know, he's got a lot mm-hmm. of guys over there like Luis Diaz Petito. I think there's one Victoria Afonso. There's a a, a a a brother over there too that's doing some good stuff. So, they, you know, he's got lieutenants that you know help kind of create this this vision. So they may try to approach them to kind of be you know a, a Kevin Feige. Like, hey, you know you like comic books? Come over here, brother, and help us build this ten year fa- plan. Is that a good idea? I mean, you know, to to copy that is to say, hey, listen, it worked over there. We tried a variety of strategies. Um, let's just copy what they're doing. Um, you could kind of say they tried this earlier, but it was a, let's do a really quick shortened version of what they're doing at Disney. Mm-hmm. But now they're saying, is, is copying like this a good idea? All late. 
I mean, the market has shown that people want that. I mean, they want their movies like TV shows that keeps them coming back. I mean, now to your point, um, is that trend over, right? And Feige's hoping not, right? Because he's, he's betting on this whole multiverse uh, saga that he's creating for another 25 movies we have to watch, right? To kind of keep yeah. the best. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, it's hard to say. I think, um, I mean, he's Feige create, I mean, you know, it's, it's when you're an innovator, man, you know, like they create a whole, it's hard to replicate that to your point because now, yeah, he set he set a category, right? It's like we never thought of movies being like this whole kind of TV version, and it kind of makes sense now because now it keeps people engaged. You know, they keep them up with the storyline. You know, these people coming back. So I think DC has no choice but to do it because they do have great characters now. Um, I don't know. You know, I think uh, they need to do something because they do have some great characters, and so maybe they can do something where. <laughs> you know, we talked about this because they start small, you know, and they kind of built their way up. Maybe the Teen Titans, we they know, uh, kind of like what Feige did, right? When he heard DC was doing something, he kind of accelerated like Civil War because he heard there's going to be Batman v Superman. Yeah. You know, he accelerated multiverse stuff when he heard about Flashpoint. So maybe they poach one of his lieutenants and they accelerate kind of like a, a Teen Titans movie, right? Or a uh, Young Justice movie or something like that before they do uh, Young Avengers, right? Mm. Oh, you know, so maybe, you know, do that, kind of get in there a little bit faster. So, I mean, uh, but yeah, they don't have a lot of good options, man, because just like um, Flashpoint's going to come out, but, you know, the lead actor, he probably's not going to make it past his movie. Uh, <laughs> what's his name again? Ezra, Ezra Miller? Yeah, man. Ezra's got issues. He's not going to make it. I mean, uh, rumor is, according to Grace at uh, Beyond the Trailer, that uh, they're probably going to delay uh, Aquaman 2 and Shazam, you know, to make it, you know, I think they can't delay The Rock anymore, right? They got to get that out there, but they're looking at how they're going to massage it a little bit more. And then they're going to release Joker 2. That's fast track. And they announced Lady, Lady God as a part of it. But as we all know, that has nothing to do with the current timeline. Yeah. Uh, what we're doing. So it's just like, it's still a mess. So, um, you know, so, it, so I don't know, man. I, I, I think, you know, they got to think of something and uh, just get somebody in there, man. And uh, who wants to take a stab at it and make it happen and, and do something different with it. And I think poaching uh, Kevin Feige lieutenant, but you know, that would make Kevin Feige, you think he's already, He's he's got that knife out now, man. Woo. Man, Kevin, hey man, Kevin Feige is on a is on a beach patio somewhere, private lunch meeting at a rented mansion. Like, hey guys, I just wanted to invite you here to uh let you know that I will kick you in the balls. Um so <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's like, he's on that level, like a Bill, I mean, sports analogy, Bill Belichick, right? You know, if you know anything about the Patriots, Bill Belichick is this legendary football coach for Boston. And every, you know, all the time, his, his assistants get taken from him, become head coaches, right? Because what's the secret? What's the secret? And he, he wakes up early in the morning just to beat their ass, right? Just like uh, <laughs> Nick, Nick Saban, Nick Saban, yeah. uh, uh, he used to do the same thing if his, you know, from Alabama, he had all yep. these great coaches that got taken. And uh, when they he would go against them, just beat their ass. And so, uh, Kevin Feige, I, I think that he, I think he's looking for something like that to keep him moving. Yeah. When you're on that level, it's like Michael Jordan said, uh, 
the what reason I kept him motivated because there would be that one person in the audience that just said, "Is Michael Jordan really that good?" And so I'm yep. playing for that too. <laughs> so I you gotta, know, I gotta let that guy know. Yeah, I gotta let that guy know. I mean, it's just like you, when you're on that level to keep that competitive thing going, you gotta find ways to kind of keep you motivated because you've been you've been the top so long, you're gonna fall off if you you know just oh I'm good, I made it. And so to me, I think Kevin Feige is one of those type of guys. I mean, so. It's going to be interesting to see what these, if they go that route or do their own. But yeah, they got to figure this out with it. If they're going to continue your plan, who they're going to leave that. All right. So on this new service, you know, that's not, that's not about subs and it's about getting paid or whatever. Um, we got three different, uh, they're doing a, a three different tiered version of this new Warner Brothers Discovery plus whatever they're going to call this new service. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't even know if it has a name yet. Okay. So yeah, they got this new service coming out. We assume all the streaming content from Disney and discovery. I mean, uh, Disney discovery plus and HBO max is going to uh, get over there and there, whatever it is, it's going to have an ad based version. So you'll be able to watch with ads. They're going to get some money from that An ad light version. I don't know if that means like little quick two, three second ads before, after a show ends or, or in between at some point, and then a completely ad free version. So that's interesting that you have those three different tiers. Um, I don't know. Are, are people buying into the ad version? I know a lot of people are, uh, other services are using those. I mean, why not? I mean, there's a, still a lot of great people who watch. I mean, it's still millions of people who watch linear television, right? Like uh, we talked about that one of podcasts about uh, top shows like NCIS or um, Yellowstone. The other one, yeah, Yellowstone that just have like commercials. Um, people still watch that, man. So, um, so there's value in. So this is a new model of streaming, but it's commercials, right? And so, uh, TV. What's that? IMDb TV is now called yeah. what's it called? Freebie or whatever it's called now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so I, I think they're going to do do more of this, man, to see see if uh, people really want to um, do that. Now, if you don't want to watch commercials, you know, you could pay for it. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah, I can't do the commercials anymore, man. I've, I've, I've been broken. Yeah, me too, man. It's terrible. Uh, I even on linear shows, we'll watch. Uh, we got this thing called DirecTV where you can watch, like, you know, linear cable mm-hmm. uh, shows. So we'll just record them and just fast forward to the commercials because it's that bad. And it's like, ah, oh, I can't watch it and do it. So I don't really watch shows live, even if I record them. Um, you know, I can't wait for to get to get to Hulu. So, um, so anyway, yeah, man. But some people, you know, hey, whatever, they don't care. Yeah, I suppose if you're not really watching something all the time, and or you're just kind of maybe it's not for you. It's just to have on the for the family or whatever. I, don't know. I guess there's reasons for it. Um, and I, I'm, I'm just curious about the numbers, how many people are buying into each different type. And I want to see how that breakdown happens. Yeah. Um, uh, Peacock has a similar, similar model, right? Where it's like three tiers, average, ad light, and ad free. And so um, I think I saw something that they now, did not there, get. Go ahead. Uh, their Peacock's basic version, I mean, the, the ad sponsor <laughs> version is completely free, right? Because you're, they're pumping so many ads at you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I believe that's the case. But then they also have an ad light version where it's just like, uh, 
you know, um, you know, just some ads, but I mean, maybe just getting the beginning in, I don't know. That's weird, you know, but I feel like that, that third, that second tier is like either you, you want, you want ads, you don't want ads. And this, to me, I was like, <laughs> it looks like I might as just paid extra money to go get the ads. But sometimes, you know, I learned this in business school. Sometimes you do the three options so you can push people toward the low end or the high end. Give that middle option so you know for sure that they're going to go high or low. Because it's like, this is a crappy, I, 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 if I'm going to pay something, I, I don't care about ads, I might as well just go low end. It, but I hate ads, even this little ad. So I might as well go to the high end. So it's, they self-select over time. So maybe that, that, that middle tier is helping people self-select. Okay. Uh, just real quick. Um, yeah, there's basically a Peacock free and that's free. Premium is $5 a month and premium plus is $10 a month. Okay. Yeah. 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 And of of course on the free version, they don't have all the shows. They let you know that, Hey man, you're you're coming in here being a chump. You're not going to get everything. Good point. So they may do that same with HBO where they're just like, okay, ad uh, ad version, you're not going to get the HBO shows. And like, yeah, you can get you can get Euphoria, you can get Game of Thrones, but you go watch commercials. So how did that gonna play in the middle of the the, the, the sex scene? They are gonna cut. Have you tried Trojan? <laughs> so come back, know. come back in the sex scenes over. You're like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna put a little like you're doing football games now. I yeah. know I'm giving a lot of sports analogies, but it, it's apropos. Sports shows now they got the the com- uh the game at the bottom tier and they got the commercial the, the you know the little boxing box thing so I think oh, after Game of Thrones is little box at the bottom <laughs> and you got people had the commercials right there so I mean but that's the way of the world I mean we we talked about this Netflix is going that route um you know everybody's going that route now man the games are uh you know ads is where it's at uh Netflix went to the cons ad festival and they sold like billions of dollars in ads, you know, so, um, I, I see HBO max doing the same thing. All right. Cool. Cool. So, uh, with this, with this, uh, with this merger, we've got, um, basically as, as far as streaming content goes, HBO max and discovery plus coming together in some sort of new HBO max discovery plus combo thing. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know how it's going to play out exactly. But unlike unlike Disney, which which I would say has much a much stronger concentrated type of base where they're all like, hey, Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar, uh, National Geo and, you know, the Disney vault. It's it's much more unique and, and branded. And now I shouldn't say unique. It's much more. uh branded and not doesn't have as much variety i don't even know what to call that focused whatever <laughs> family focused entertainment right um you know you know what you're kind of going to kind of get but they released this slide um during warner Bros. discovery's earnings call they released a slide that you uh you put a note on here about and i, I don't know let us know t- tell us about this slide this unique and complimentary slide that's got everybody wondering. Yeah, man. Um, so it's basically showing like the the divisions between like HBO Max audiences and Discovery Plus audiences. 
and how they're complementary. So complementary means that they, they serve different audiences. So it just makes sense for them to come together, right? And that's what they're trying to convey in this, this slide deck. Um, but the reason I'm laughing about this in my comments are, uh, dude, the NBA did this slide. Absolutely. <laughs> so I say this is because uh, they actually have software I, I used in, um, you know, I was thinking of my MBA that uses data from Nielsen that you can do quadrants. So, you know, depending on what audiences you want to look at and, you know, who you want to target. So if you say, hey, I want an audience that's all mailed at this, you can kind of figure that out, right? And kind of create your quadrants. And that's absolutely what they did. They they didn't, I mean, they may have some data that says Discovery skews female, right? Versus HBO Max male. But you have Euphoria, 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 which is probably one of the highest skewed female shows they have. And it's one of the most watched view shows. So it's like, you know, for HBO Max. So it's kind of like, uh, are you really, you know, separate like that? No. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, they're just putting it here to kind of say, hey, this is, they're just trying to justify that why H, that the Discovery Plus should be on the same level as HBO Max. And we all know that is not true because, uh, you know, it's about the quality, man. I mean, you know, the, the content they put on Discovery Plus is no nowhere near on the level as HBO. Now, they, they kind of hinted at that when they put it here. Uh, so they have these different categories, right? They try to com combine and and and. and and, and compare. So HBO Max says uh, lean in, whereas Discovery Plus says lean back. Uh -huh. <laughs> sounds like sounds like a dance. Lean in, lean back. <laughs> HBO Max is appointment viewing. Oh, Discovery Plus is comfort viewing. Ah, uh. <laughs> HBO Max is home of fandoms. That's right. Discovery Plus, home of genre dome. <laughs> yeah, this is this is bizarre. This hey, this NBA man, we did this, but like I said, uh, I, I went to uh to get my NBA over at uh, Emory in uh, mm -hmm. Atlanta. So actually, TNT they came to us and they gave us a case study on how they could integrate this new thing called True TV into uh their uh into their strategy, right into like TBS, T TNT, and figure out their strategy for the future. So we actually use the same data and we, I, I think we came up with a slide like this. <laughs> and this was, this was 10 years ago. So <laughs> oh, man. I would be, I would be surprised. They went back to Embry and said, Hey, uh, we got this presentation. Um, what y'all got? <laughs> you know, we own the turning ash. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So see, this thing is bad to me though. Um, where they're trying to make it sound like, Hey, these two things are just going to come together like peanut butter and chocolate or, you know, um, like, like when you, currently when you're thinking of buying a streaming service, you're like, Hey, what am I going to get the streaming service for? Usually you have your one or two shows, your, your, uh, your, your killer properties that, you know, as they call them. Um, and it's like, Hey, I, I want to get this for say game of Thrones. What else is on there? Well, you've got, you've got succession, you've got, uh, the Sopranos in there. Oh, it's like you start to pick up like, oh, okay, there's this other stuff on there. I like, or oh, they got the DC stuff. But yeah, you're definitely getting a certain style with this, a streaming service, right? And they are different, definitely different styles. And the idea of having two streaming services with complementary styles, maybe I don't know how that plays out though, because 
you know, all the stuff that we usually talk about, um, you know, with, uh, justice league, we talk about the four hour Snyder cut and all that, that I've watched and loved and, uh, should probably watch it again <laughs> with some, with some wine and an artisan pizza. Um, cause it's that good. You know, I'm looking over at the discovery side and some of their top shows are like, you know, 90 day, the single life. Okay. Um, you know, love off the grid, which is actually, that seems kind of interesting, but, um, Luda can't cook, you know, where Ludacris is cooking. It's just interesting stuff. And as you said, the format's all different and maybe this does work for that type of family because, or, or, you know, a type of household where it's like, you've got really different viewing types. And instead of buying two services, you can just buy the one and, Every, there's something there for everybody on both ends of the spectrum. It just doesn't sound right to me at first. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're trying to sell it. I mean, you know, what I realize it now more than anything, it's all about the story, man. I mean, this is probably the story that Zaslov told to, you know, his overlords, you know, the big money guys at Discovery Plus. Why do you need to buy HBO Max, right? We need to buy mm-hmm. it because we can be this one-stop shop for people's entertainment needs. And so... That's what this looks like. This is probably what he sold. And that's what he's trying to sell to Wall Street and to us and saying, hey, this is what people want. And, you know, I agree. I don't necessarily know that's the case because if it's lean back presentation, then, you know, you might as well just go, you know, there's tons of that out there, right? You know, Netflix has lean back entertainment, right? You know, uh, reality shows and they're not that hard to produce. So it's like, you know, that content is is really uh, easy to replicate somewhere else. So, uh, you know, I don't really feel like they have a lot of bands per se on it, but maybe they do. I don't know the data, but it does seem like HBO Max as a brand is so much stronger. Right. And you get um, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's they, and they've done well that Casey Boyce has done well to keep that brand strong amidst all the shenanigans of being bought, sold, bought again. Um, and so, you know, why not go all in on the HBO Max brand and just bring stuff under there like right? they did with, you know. Uh, you know, TV shows like Friends and stuff like that. So I don't know, man. So I agree. It doesn't seem right. Now, question begs. I put this up here earlier. Uh, what is the ultimate end strategy here, right? You know, yes, they're trying to merge these two together and they're trying to put everything in one box and create a tenure plan for DC. But let's be real. Right now, <laughs> their market cap is only $35 billion. Oh, when you compare it to Netflix, $100 billion, and Disney, $195 billion. They are way small, right, to kind of compete with those guys. So the rumor is, you know, is another merger coming. So that means maybe a merger with uh, Peacock, which, you know, would give them more uh, unscripted stuff like the American Hive, uh, the uh, Real Housewives franchises mm. and all that. So that could be powerful, right, and get them, you know, a little bit more storytelling around ability around the unscripted programming. Or is he just trying to get everything down in three years? So they can sell it. <laughs> right, right. That's the good the money. The money. And like, we did all this. Now, you know, Comcast buy this or uh, Paramount buy us, right? Because look, you know, this will make you stronger. So, you know, I mean, yeah. in, in business, ain't no friends. You can't be personal. personal. <laughs> just, just ain't no friends. Ain't no friends, man. Just like, look, I, I cut all these folks off. I, I don't care. I may build it bigger or I may just you know, it's an effort. We don't want to deal with this no more and sell it all off. So I, I can see that happen too in three years. 
So yeah, so so we'll see. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Um my my designer mind is running off right now trying to think of how do you present something like this? You know, I mean when you open up Netflix, you see Netflix and like the little option over to the side, Netflix kids. Mm-hmm. And even within their app, they make that little separation. Um, I have been jarred sometimes when I log log, log on to HBO Max and see, or even uh, Netflix sometimes when it's not on its game. You know, I log on and I see just the different titles right next to each other. And I'm like, okay, why do I need <laughs> this next to this? Why are you showing me this? It just seems like a mess. So... Uh, I, I'm I'm guessing you know I mean we we've kind of said what we need to say on this, but it's just looking messy right now. I'm really curious to see what happens. I wish them all the best, uh, but I'm I'm not confident. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a story. That's all. I've nothing else. Then as long as we're doing this, we had the guy that said it sounds juicy. <laughs> Kyle R. I mean, he, he went all in on streaming, right? You know, trying to follow Netflix model. Then it worked. He's gone. Now we got a new guy in there, right? He's like, oh, we got cut costs. So, I mean, if that if this has shown you, man, it just don't matter what you do. It's just a, with the story you tell. And if you can tell that story well with confidence and conviction, eh, you know, who knows? So that's what I'm learning. I mean, for my business, I'm learning this, you know, firsthand. Just like, you know what? Because you're right. It, it None of it makes sense. Does it make sense to put Dune on or uh, what's the other one people got mad about? Do or uh, Christopher Nolan, who got so pissed, he left Warner Brothers when they said they're going to put your favorite movie. uh, What's it called? Tenet on HBO Max. Did that make sense? No, but they did it. Did it make sense that they combining a a crappy reality reality discovery plus show to quality content like HBO? No, Mm. but. It don't matter. It's the story you tell, man. If you can tell that story with conviction and show the numbers and all that, then, you know, it gives you some leeway because no one knows anything, even in business. So that's, that's, the, that's the thing I'm realizing more and more. Hmm. I like sound of that. Yeah. Well, Mr. Benjamin, I think we're going to wrap things up, man. Um, any, any plans for the week? Uh, cry about the future of DC Comics. Yeah, maybe we'll put that up with Pete and how he went on his rant. Maybe that should just be his own separate. Uh, Basic, you know, shout you know, out facing Pete. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, well, what I got planned this week? You know, I still want to, uh, I'll be finishing up my interviews for BenjaCon, but I do want to continue banging out all kinds of new content. So there's going to be a bunch of stuff coming in the next week. Now that I'm not recording every day, I'll be able to uh, drop some new new shirts that I had in mind. Um, you know, put out some new information. I got my uh, oh, my little top secret project that I mentioned last week. I got that coming out, so things are moving. Things are moving. I love it. I love it, man. Good stuff. Uh, be on the road, going on, you know, because you're, you're neck of the woods, uh, New Orleans for a day or two, and then you know, back home and just traveling, man, and uh, you know, networking. You know, use month of August to get back in customers and stuff like that because um i travel a little bit in july so that's been my my route right now but uh yeah man just grinding like everybody else man <laughs> trying, trying, trying to make it during this pandemic but i mean there's this uh, inflation period but uh you know startup it's always something going on so i know you've been thanks for the uh likes and shares on 
on the content we're putting out there. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. I was trying to keep this one a little short, but it was just too juicy. It was, man. It was, man. Well, hey, everyone, thank you for your time. Please like, subscribe, and comment at Show Versus Business on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Listen to us uh, at Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit us now on our website at Show Versus Business. But if you want to hear us live, check us out around 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, Wednesdays on IG Live at Mr. Benjamin during his ADD experience where we go into all the news from that week. All right, Mr. Benjamin, take care. Peace. Thank you for listening to Show Versus Business, your weekly take on pop culture. Please subscribe to this podcast at Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please like and subscribe to our Instagram page, Show Versus Business, to get exclusive behind-the-scenes takes and upcoming episodes. Talk to you next time. Finish him!